1: From the kitchen, of the cabin, and around the world, this is Voices from the Solitude, a podcast about the coronavirus and gaming. Today I'm speaking to David Wright from Tabletop Scotland. We talk about his decision to postpone the convention and how hard that process was. So I'm here with David Wright. Of Tabletop Scotland. And uh, I want to start by filling in people who haven't heard of Tabletop Scotland. Uh, What is it? What size of convention is it? What is primary focus and where it is?
0: Yeah, so Tabletop Scotland has been running since 2018. Um, So we've had two so far. Um, It's in Perth in Scotland, which is kind of the Transport Nexus for <laughs> where, where all public transport largely goes through Perth, and all road networks largely go through Perth. Um, so yeah, it's it's fairly central. Um, size of event last year, we had over fifteen hundred uniques. The year before, we had just over a thousand. Which I think last year's numbers puts us in like the top five or six size wise in the UK. Um, it's, well, I, I, I tend to refer to it as a celebration of the hobby. Um, but the the events run by uh, four of us, myself, Duncan, John and Simon, and we really wanted something that was open to everybody. Um, so families completely new to the, people completely new to the hobby, people who understand uh, and have been playing games, whether it's all playing games and board games or card games for a long time. So we, ha- we have lots of different things there. Um, last year, we had over 100 tables of role-playing games over the weekend, and we had about 40 exhibitors, um, mixture of retailers, publishers, and makers, which is the people who make accessories and artists and stuff like that. So yeah, a mixed bag. We also have seminars and various other things as well that we put on as a as an adjacent thing for something for people to do that isn't play games good
1: so what's the um what's the scene like in scotland how popular are board games i mean i mean i assume the weather's dreadful so i assume it's a fertile (laughs) ground for gaming
0: Uh, the weather can be dreadful although uh last year at tabletop scotland on the saturday it was 29 degrees uh indoors um and that was with every door possible open um so yeah the the scene is well Sc- scotland geographically is a fairly large country um population wise it's, it's not a large country but geographically it is um there are about 30 game stores in scotland um large concentration in edinburgh and glasgow obviously being the bigger cities um but there's stores throughout the country, and there's over, I think it's about 40, 45 games clubs uh, of various sizes um, throughout the country as well. So there's been a a strong um, grouping of gamers throughout Scotland, not necessarily a strong Scottish community, as it were, i.e. something that brought them all together. And that was certainly one of the goals of the convention was to try and have that kind of flagship central hub kind of celebration of the hobby in scotland
1: and so the the reason i've got you on is basically you and uk games expo have decided to postpone your conventions because of the covid crisis and so so firstly what was the rationale behind that and secondly how much sort of renting of garments how much hand wringing was there and you know how much thought went into the process of postponing the
0: event? So the 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 kind of decision um, to do it was made over the weekend of Aircon. Um, so I I wasn't there, uh, but Duncan from uh, our team was was at Aircon, and he was speaking to Richard and Tony from Yuki's Games Expo while he was there, and it became we we already had a, a, an inkling that this. The scenario of expo having to postpone was on the horizon and it was when duncan was there that they were chatting it through and the only real viable dates that uh, richard and tony could work with happened to be our dates um which was convenient um but the uh, immediately after that duncan and i had a a, a chat to work out so what does that mean um i mean Expo, first and foremost, are, are fantastic support to us. They've provided advice since before the convention existed and they provide a lot of logistical support um, to us um, in general. Um, and we, we, as gamers, um, go to the Expo ourselves, and we see it as you know a, a very important event in the calendar. So our, our decision to postpone was, in that context, very easy. Um, coming up with a date was a bit more challenging. Um, so the, the, the first thing was really speaking to the venue. So I, I did that on the Monday after Aircon and really just trying to work out from where they sat what, what options we had. Um, the venue is at some points in the year uh, an ice rink for skating and curling and various other uh, things that you do on ice. Um, but the... They really so that meant that any date that we had from September onwards would mean we'd have less space. So we had to decide: do we go ahead uh, and have an event, a smaller event, or do we not? And it was the appetite was to go ahead as a team. So we decided that, and the venue gave us some dates they could work with. Um, so to, to kind of work out where to put it in the schedule, we wanted to avoid other major events in the UK, uh, primarily from our exhibitors' perspective to make sure they could still come and and also avoid spiel um, because that would be silly to go up against spiel. Um, so we we plumped for the 10th and 11th of October. Um, it didn't really mean... The only thing we've had to undo uh, is really comms to our attendees. Um, our exhibitors, we had deliberately slowed down uh communicating invoices and things like that to exhibitors because we felt that something was going to happen from an expo point of view we wanted to wait and see what that was first so yeah various little things but nothing that we had to really undo
1: and so what are what are the financial ramifications for you of downsizing the con even if it's only for a year
0: um I mean, in our first year, I suppose in some simple way of it, our first year we made a profit, right? So we know that uh, uh, an event that size uh, is financially viable. Um, in our second year, we didn't make a profit, but we know why. And we doubled our floor space in our second year and we doubled pretty much all of our costs in our second year. So we, we've kind of gone into this year on the basis of, right, we know what, costs we have. We've spoken to all of our suppliers in the sense of our furniture supplier because obviously you have to hire tables and chairs and we've looked at how we can defer uh, certain uh, payments to make sure that if we have to change, because it's a very fluid situation the COVID-19 situation, if we have to change again, then we're able to reduce that risk. Um, Overall, the event itself we're confident that it will be a success, both from attendees' exhibitors' perspectives, but also commercially for us. It's it's not a lifestyle income though. Um you know, it's, it's we are four hobbyists wanting to make this event happen.
1: So you don't this this isn't a job for you?
0: It's a job table. as far as time is concerned, but it's not a job as far as income is concerned, no. <laughs>
1: and 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 sort of is there any is there any kind of disappointment that circumstances have dictate you know you grew by 50% on your second year is there any sort of dis- disappointment that it's like darn it we're not going to be able to grow again or is it or is there just a faith that okay we'll get through 2020 and then 2021 we can be on the upward I think, I
0: think there's a, I think it's closer to the latter. Um, it's it's there is disappointment. Yes. I mean we we had lots and we still have lots of ideas as to what we can do to make the rescheduled smaller event a success anyway, but we we had we've had a number of exhibitors who have said that the new days don't work for them. Um, which is understandable. Um so that that is disappointing. It's it's but it's one of these things that um, we know that we can still put on a very good event. Um, the Do we lose momentum is, is probably part of the thinking here. Maybe. Um, and, and we might have to put a cap on attendance. You know, we can't fit 1,500 people who came last year into the, uh, uh, the space that, that we've got. So, we will need to think carefully about how we manage that, but attendees have been all very positive about it
1: and and on a personal level, so firstly, what is the situation we're speaking sort of uh, three or four days after the lockdown in the uk what What's the situation in Scotland, and how are you sort of coping personally what What do you do in your day job and is is it preventing you going into the office?
0: So so I'm asthmatic, so I, that's one of the reasons I didn't go to Aircon, uh, but also on the Friday of Aircon, hmm. I, I got an email from my employer uh, basically saying, you're an asthmatic, stay at home. Um, so I can work from home, right. I have that luxury, um, and I've been working from home pretty much since then. Um and that's that has its challenges. Um, it's harder to do certain things, but everyone in my everyone who's who can work from home, who works for the company I do, can. And I'm so I, I have a background in project management. Uh, By right, now I very much focused on information security management and things like that for a large retail bank. Um, and so I can do a lot of things remotely. It's fairly straightforward. It's it's quite. I mean whilst I can, as I say, I can work from home, but doing it in a sustained period is quite unusual. Um, and knowing that I can't really go out um, is, is is a challenge. My wife' owns a, a retail business, which she's has to which she's had to close as well, which brings other challenges. And obviously, our daughter is off school uh, because all the schools are closed. Um, but these are all the right decisions. Uh, is kind of where my head is. So it's it's not disrupting in that sense i think it's just a question of we don't know how long this is going to go on for so how much less hair am i going to have in two weeks time versus four weeks time etc <laughs> um so it, it's it's yeah it's a necessary evil from what better phrase
1: i mean do you find yourself in the bizarre? So I was going to say, do you find yourself in the bizarre position of missing the workplace?
0: Um, I've kind of um, we we use uh, a lot of video conferencing tools like Zoom and stuff like that anyway to communicate. So I see these people still on a semi-regular basis. I mean, I uh, literally today I've probably spent four hours on on Zoom meetings, um, which which in itself can be challenging. Um, But I think the Overall, I, I, I do miss seeing people, yes, um, but or more from a social engagement rather than from a work engagement. Um, and, you know, I still chat to various people online. Um, but I've I, my gaming has completely stopped, although I am looking at moving my Dungeons & Dragons game that I run on to potentially roll 20 or something like that uh, over the next few weeks. And I've so far... Avoided um, places like board game arena because I've seen people just def- say how slow it is uh, because of the demand that these services are now now under. Um, but that th- those are avenues I'll explore. But I can play games at home. My wife will; uh, she entertains me in that sense. She'll play some games. So uh, as does her, as does our door. So you know, there's always options.
1: Brilliant. Well, well, David, thanks for your time. And um, the listeners won't understand the pain we've actually <laughs> gone through to commit. This to tape, but but eventually we've got there. So yeah, thanks very much, and fingers crossed that tabletop Scotland's a roaring success this year.
0: Thanks very much, Ben. I suppose ultimately as long as everybody remembers to wash their hands, we'll all be fine going forward.
1: If you want to support content like this, you can go to patreon.com forward slash 5G for D. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. And if you can, stay at home.
2: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call. Working together to keep our country and community safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join US Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky